Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Six years ago, listener Henry Ma and his wife moved from New York City to the Bay Area. They picked San Rafael. It was the perfect location between both of their jobs. Then they had two girls, and as the girls grew bigger and started school, Henry started to notice something. Our daughter was the only Asian in the entire school of 72 kids. And he started to think about life through their eyes. We don't want them to think that they are such a, you know, such a rare occurrence. <laughs> Just, you know, being, being Asian. Henry asked Bay Curious this question. The Bay Area is one of the most diverse places in the country. So my question is, within the Bay Area, why is Marin County least diverse? And by the least diverse, do you mean white? Um, yes, I, I think we should avoid that word, don't you think? <laughs> Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing... And I know you love what you're hearing. Please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. A lot of people aren't that comfortable talking about race. I'm Olivia Allen Price, and with me this week is Erica Cruz Guevara. I'm a reporter here at KQED. So, Erica, what do we know about diversity in Marin County? Well, it's mostly white. 72% of Marin County residents identify their race as white, according to census data. And that's not including Latino or Hispanic folks who also identify as white. And that's pretty unusual in the Bay Area. Yeah, for comparison, take Alameda County. It's one of the most diverse counties in the Bay, and it's 33% white. But we should note that there are pockets of diversity in Marin, like, for example, Marin City, which has the most African-Americans who live in the county. And San Rafael has a thriving Latino community. And now, whenever you bring up diversity issues in Marin, people always go to the same topic, and that's the lack of public transportation, specifically how BART doesn't go there. Yeah, that's a factor. Getting around can be really hard if you don't have a car. But Marin County's diversity problem started long before BART was built in the 60s. Here's a little history lesson. After the Spanish arrived in 1817, Marin developed a lot like the rest of the Bay Area, with waves of immigration from overseas and other parts of the country. 
but you start to see Marin diverge from the rest of the bay around the late 1800s. When the Mount Tamalpais Scenic Railway started running. If you look right down the street here where it says do not enter, I mean, right, that's where the tracks came up, was right up that street. I met Fred Runner in downtown Mill Valley, where the tracks for this tourist train used to run. Lucky enough to be the historian of the Mount Tamalpais Scenic Railway. The train took visitors on a delightful eight-mile journey up the side of Mount Tam. At the top, an expansive view of Marin's natural beauty. Plus, a restaurant and tavern where people would spend the night. At the turn of the century, the train was all the rage. Who were the passengers of the Mountain Railroad? Um, early on, largely well-to-do folks. Uh, it was quite the novelty and a, and a great place to be seen, you know, if you were somebody. But this railroad wasn't just for tourism. The people building the railway had an agenda. They wanted to preserve Marin's pristine wilderness. And they were largely successful. With the support of the visitors who had seen how beautiful Marin was, land was set aside for federal and state parks all over the county. Today, 80% of the county's land is protected. Which sounds like a good thing, right? But like many good things, there's a flip side. All that parkland left less and less room for development. There were a number of battles, uh, legal battles around that, just by the skin of their teeth being able to uh, you know, stop housing developments uh, and create a preserved wilderness. And the value of the land that was left for building got really expensive. Who doesn't want to live next to a giant park, right? So today in the county, you have relatively few, very expensive homes most of them owned by wealthy white families. Now, in 2011, the federal government took notice. Housing officials saw Marin as a possible trouble spot for housing discrimination. It got flagged because it looked a lot like another rich white place. Westchester County, a wealthy suburb north of New York City that was the site of a fair housing lawsuit over segregation. Officials suspected the same thing might be happening in Marin, so they ordered the county to look into it. The report found that there wasn't enough affordable housing. Co-author Jessica Tankersley-Sparks. What we saw, by and large, was that the effective opposition to affordable housing had a corollary effect to creating impediments to housing choice for people in protected classes, meaning people of color, people with children, people with disabilities. That lack of affordable housing had effectively banned people of color from moving to Marin. Whenever new developments would be proposed, the community would turn out in force to stop them. A Bay Area-wide plan to create areas of dense affordable housing has been facing stiff resistance in Marin County. Some residents have strongly opposed the developments in their communities, even threatening to recall their You know, there's actually the story from a few years back about filmmaker George Lucas. He had wanted to expand his company's studio space up in Marin, and the residents were just not having it. So now he's funding an affordable housing project on the land. As a way to get back at them? I mean, it's kind of hard to say, but it's definitely a statement. Hmm. Okay, but we should stress that Marin is not the only place where residents oppose affordable housing. In Milford tonight, a people fighting plans to put an affordable housing development in their neighborhood. Residents in a Grants Pass neighborhood outraged at a plan to build low-income apartments next door. Also to turn Manatee County's old jail into affordable housing is now facing opposition from several community leaders. The U.S. has a history of racially discriminatory housing policies. Lots of communities had restrictive covenants, which legally barred certain people from moving in. The same battles are still being fought today, but now you see it in the fight over affordable housing. Okay, but there are a lot of people of color who can afford to live in Marin. Why aren't they moving in? 
I was wondering that too. There's this idea that people of color don't live in Marin because they don't see people who look like them there. But it might be something else. I'm sort of reluctant to attribute that to sort of the warm fuzzies that people have about their own group as against concern about negative treatment by another group. That's Professor Maria Kreisen. She studies residential segregation and racial attitudes at the University of Illinois, Chicago. She says some people of color are thinking... I don't want to be treated with hostility. I don't want to be attacked verbally or physically. It comes from a long history of that for African-Americans moving into white neighborhoods. I met a guy named John Young who was born and raised in Marin. He's African-American, and he agrees that some people see Marin as a pretty white place. But he also says that life in Marin was pretty great. We didn't really have whites on this side, blacks. You know, I didn't walk outside saying, oh, this is a racist place where I live at and blah, blah, blah. In fact, he was reluctant to talk to me at all. I didn't want to be a part of an article that was going to say, Marin is white and the usual narrative and I'm bitter because they didn't do it. I didn't want to be a part of that. I, I, I rather, I, I love the Marin City where I came from. But he also said he's familiar with driving while black in Marin County. And he's gotten pulled over more than his fair share. And there's this. How do I want to say? There was no baseline for social justice anywhere there. And even the, even the language of social justice, social equity, fairness, equality, there was none of that nowhere present in Marin. John lives in Vallejo now because he couldn't afford to stay. But if he could move back, he would. John says there are people still out there trying to change things in Marin including white people. So there was probably a lot more to this than our listener Henry expected, huh? A lot more than I expected, too. I went back to tell him what I found. And I guess based on your uh, adventures all over Marin, it, it affirms a question, right? You understand where the question comes from. If I see another Asian in my neighborhood, I also do a double take, and I actually would want to talk to that person. And my wife says, no, you're, you're, you're getting to, to become a bit creepy. <laughs> I said, no, I just, want to, I just want to see, like, you know, where do they live? I, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to know that person or that family. Now, I get what Henry's saying. I'm Filipino-American, and I definitely felt like I stood out while I was there, and not just because I was holding a microphone. The census data bears this out, too. 6% of Marin County is Asian, compared to Alameda County, which, remember, is more diverse, where Asians make up 29%. I asked Henry what surprised him the most. I think the relationship between the conservation effort and diversity is also a a very surprising one because it presents a catch-22 situation, right? Because Marin is known for its natural beauty, and Marin is beautiful. Um, I don't want that to change, but... I think we can use a healthier dose of diversity. I can see why he'd want that. Reporter Erica Cruz-Guevara. Thank you, Henry Ma, for asking this week's question. And thanks to those of you who have rated and reviewed our podcast. They really help other people find our show. Our show is produced by Vinnie Tong and me, Olivia Allen Price. Our editorial team also includes Paul Lancour, Jessica Placek, Penny Nelson and Susie Racho. Our senior editor is Julia McAvoy. Vice President for News is Holly Kernan. Do you have a question? Ask it at baycurious.org. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. 
Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks.